Hi everyone, welcome to the I Don't Know Show with Joe. I'm Joe, and I don't know much about Harry Potter, <laughs> but my guest Hadas Ben Sur does. Hadas, thank you for joining the show. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad to teach you about Harry Potter. <laughs> I'm very excited to learn. Uh, and, and first of all, we are dropping this episode on July 31st, so happy birthday to both Harry Potter and J.K. Rowling. And for those in our audience who somehow have never heard of Harry Potter, can you provide a brief synopsis of the series? Oh boy, okay. I was so not prepared for this, but literally been prepared for this my whole life, maybe, <laughs> like since I was 14. This is your moment. Okay, this is my moment. Um, brief synopsis of Harry Potter. Um, yes, Harry Potter's story about an um, orphan boy like bullied by his living family like remaining family and just suddenly finds out he's a wizard and not only is he a wizard he was the one who kind of vanquished the evil villain of the story um is actually pretty good at magic um makes good friends makes a lot of enemies and just goes through lots of challenges throughout seven years of school um yeah i think that is that what that's do you a, think? That's a good summary. Said, well, you don't know, so how could you tell me? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, look, I, I know I know as much as any average Joe knows. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, how and when did you discover Harry Potter? That's a good question. I'm sure I've just like I passively discovered Harry Potter in the Scholastic. Um, what were those things called? Book fairs. No, but the little papers that we used to get. Book order. Oh. Do you remember the book order? Yeah, they sound familiar. I am sure that it was in a book order, but this is a little bit, you know, blasphemous, but I actually discovered Harry Potter <laughs> through the first movie. I saw really? it in Yeah, I saw it in freshman year of high school. My freshman year of high school was the year of 9/11. Uh-huh. Like first week or so of high school is 9/11, and then Harry Potter thing came out in November. Wow. And I went with a friend. Is that really true? Yeah, 2001. Wow. Yeah. I went with a friend to see it, and I loved it. And my brother was like, you like this? You know, they're books. I could buy you the books. My brothers are 10 and 12 years old. So my bro- my middle brother bought me the first one, and I was like, I finished it. He bought me the second one. He bought me the third one. And then at that time, the fourth one was hardcover, and he's like, okay, let's hold off on the hardcover. Was the hardcover. fourth one out already? What? It was out. Okay. So the first movie came out like after the fourth book, right? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. And then the fourth book came out in hardcover, and I bought it. And then, you know, from that point on, we pre-ordered them. Like, I was uh-huh. in. And I, I bought, I remember my parents, it's so funny. Like, my parents bought me Harry Potter pajamas from Costco. And they were way too big on me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think, like, in, like, my 20s, one part fit. And I was, like, still into it. Love it. So, yeah, that's how, that's how I got into it. Wow. Yeah. And what what made you such a big fan? What was compelling to you about it? You know, it's a really good question. I I don't I don't know at the time what drew me so much to it. I think maybe the kind of, you know, the wish we kind of all have of like a Hagrid coming to tell us like, "Hey, you're special." <laughs> like there's a whole other world where you're special. Um and the fact that the way J.K. Rowling writes, you really understand people. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved seeing the parts about Ron, who doesn't have a lot of money, and how Harry cares about him and notices it and is kind and like compassionate about it and considerate t- towards him. Um, I think I just, I loved how rich the story was and how smart it was. And, and oh, I also discovered really like speculation and the internet uh-huh. fandom. I, I found the websites and I was reading the forums and all the theories and I think I loved that too. It was community. It, it mm-hmm. helped me find a community and was just a fun puzzle because um, it wasn't 
it was, was it wasn't over when I started reading it, but there was enough of a community. Um, and there was just so much to it. And I, it was, yeah, I think it was just a lot of, it was really deep. Like there was a lot for me to do with it. And which websites were you on? MuggleNet, oh Leaky Mug- Cauldron? MuggleNet, Leaky Cauldron. I actually loved, oh my gosh, uh, what was the one that I loved? I keep thinking of Netscape, but that's a browser. Um, um, there was one I really, really loved. Uh, HP Lexicon? No, that was like something the encycl- Lexicon. That was the encyclopedia site. Um, I have to find it, but there was a, there was a site I loved, and I used to look at every day. And I think MuggleNet used to have downloadable wallpapers. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> um, so I used to do that. You know what else they had in addition to downloadable wallpapers? They had the font. You're able oh. to download the Harry Potter font. That's so I wrote cute. a lot of papers in that, that font. I love that. <laughs> H-P-A-N-A. Oh, my gosh. I have to... F- I'm going to find it. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. The other one. It doesn't exist anymore, I don't think. But that was the one I went to the, for the most part. And then when podcasts started, actually, my first podcasts were um, Pottercast and Mugglecast. Wow. Those are my first podcasts I ever listened to. And were, were those while the books were still current? Or yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you jumped on podcasts early. Oh, yeah. I was on podcasts very early. I, I literally downloaded like any sort of podcast that was available. In the beginning, they used to have video podcasts. Mm-hmm. I don't think they knew what they wanted podcasts to be at the time. Yeah. So like Martha Stewart would take little segments and put them on her podcast. Uh-huh. Um, and then Rachel Maddow's like show, her whole show was a free podcast. Uh-huh. Um, so there are so many people like that, so many different shows. I got, yeah, I got into like BBC shows through that and comedians like that I discovered that way. Yeah, it and was. it all started with Harry Potter podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And why do you think it became such a massive global phenomenon? You know, I think her writing is captivating. Uh, it's an interesting mystery. It's an interesting world. It's also kind of accessible. I think this is the fantasy that I like. I'm not good at Game of Thrones. I'm not good at Brandon Sanderson, Lord of the Rings. Like they might not, you might not think of all those at the same level, but anything that's outside of urban fantasy, where like the way I define that is um, a story that takes place in our world, mm-hmm. but also in another like fantasy or maybe even sci-fi world. Um, that's really approachable to me. Um, so I really. I think I think that's partly like it was easy, right. easy access. Um, it's children. It starts really out as a children's story, right? It starts out really as a children's story, so it's easy to get, mm-hmm. and then it builds on it, so it grows, and it becomes deeper and more interesting and more complicated. And actually, when you finish them, you can start seeing all the patterns. Mm-hmm. Like uh, you know, what ring theory is. Ring theory. I don't. So I be- I don't know if it's a term outside of this. But it's that if you look at books one and seven, two and six, three and oh. five, you see lots of similarities. It's like what Rabbi Foreman does with the with the, with the different parshas. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think it's I think it's really cool because I think it's intentional. I mm-hmm. think she really plotted out a lot. Maybe she started out by a very rough skeleton, but she got into the nitty gritty details. Even her names mean something. Everything yeah. means something. Um, and that's cool. Yeah, a um, lot of intention, a lot of, yeah, yeah. So for I th- sure. I think there's that. And also, um, yeah, I, th- I think that's the main thing. For I think for me also, personally, I remember writing an essay in college about like my best friend and my best friend was at the Harry Potter books. And really, because it was such a like safe place, comfortable place to jump into. Uh-huh. Um, 
and they're big books, so you could really spend a lot of time with them. Yeah, especially like four through seven. Yeah. The first three aren't like so long. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. And like, I mean, yeah, I, I get why. Obviously, it's a very compelling story that everyone could get into, but it's so unique. Like, do you think we'll ever have a phenomena like this again, where basically every teenager was like pre-ordering the books, lining up outside the bookstores? Mm-hmm. Like, it was such a unique phenomenon that I guess like, I don't, like a lot of people were watching Game of Thrones and talking about it at work, mm-hmm. which is like similar, but I don't know. Like, it was still isn't for a book. Like, it felt very unique. You know, hearing you say that, I, I was actually thinking, it's not really unique. It's it's the same story in a different rapper, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh, who is it? Joseph Campbell, the the one who wrote out what the hero's journey is. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm not gonna be able to tell you like all the steps of it, but there's yeah. there's like there's an archetype, and yeah. then people change it up. So Star Wars shares the same archetype mm-hmm. as Harry Potter, really. Yeah. Um, the for the first three, the four through six trilogy. Um, and so maybe, maybe there's that also. It's like, it's a familiar archetype. You know what the beats are, but it's a different wrapping. And maybe you even forget like where the beats are like, oh, the mentor dies. Of course. Like we know this happens in every story, but like, oh, cool how they did it that way. And was it betrayal? Was it real? Um, so I think it probably will happen again. Um, probably generations removed Mm -hmm. where there's a new story, um, that captivates people and, yeah, I guess Game of Thrones is also... I don't think Game of Thrones follows that archetype. Yeah, it's kind of different. Yeah. Maybe some characters have it, yeah. right? Um, I mean, the Starks have it right away. Their hero dies in the first book. Right, spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but like, yeah, may- maybe there's something about that. It's um, it's familiar, but has like a different spice. Yeah, that's basically what Dr. Uh, Jordan Peterson has like, he, he talks about that a lot, how it's, yeah. it follows like these archetypes that we're used to that are very similar to like biblical archetypes as well as different mythologies, mm-hmm. uh, you know, battle of good versus evil, the hero's journey, the dragon under the castle, like yeah. these things that are just very familiar, but I guess she was able to put it in a way that was like extremely compelling for yeah. this telling of it. Yeah. She, I think she was a classics major, which is what I majored in. So mm-hmm. the Greek and Roman stories. And I think maybe her her uh, focus was literature like mine. So she for sure knew the epic stereotype, not stereotype, the archetype. And I'm sure this, if, if it wasn't intentional, it was somewhere, yeah. you know, subconsciously that she knew this is a good map. Definitely. Yeah. Um, how many times have you won Harry Potter trivia? <laughs> Once. how about you slim twice actually oh really okay Uh, fine whoa one once didn't count because it was on a cruise (laughs) and the other one uh, because it was the one with you i'll say that counted (laughs) for sure (laughs) no i think the questions were hard we oh they were i'm gonna sprinkle some in here okay how old was nicholas flamel when he decided to destroy the philosopher's stone Oh, shoot. I don't know if it's a 900 or a 600 number. It's a 600? I don't know. 632. (laughs) 665. Okay. Close. Almost. Uh, Price is right rules. Yeah. Which which Hogwarts house are you in? Okay. I knew you were going to ask me this. Um, I identify. Oh, I also identify. I love this. (laughs) 
I identify as a Gryffindor and the sorting on Pottermore told me I was a Gryffindor. But once it told me I was a Hufflepuff and that was confusing uh-huh. um, because I do think I'm like a helper uh-huh. and a great finder. But um, <laughs> you laugh at my job. That's a, what is that from? A very Potter musical? Um, it it might be. Great Finders? Or is it the Puffs? Um, Maybe. Play? <laughs> but, um, but my brothers think I'm a Ravenclaw. And my favorite, my, I have to share this because my, my, my middle brother read the books. And on Shabbat, he would print out things from Muggle Ca- MuggleNet, uh-huh. like theories and stuff, and we would talk about it. It was very cute. Like, we really bonded through that. I did that and too. And he, he would tell me, you're not a Gryffindor. You're not brave. And I'm like, what? I have like a lot of nerve. He's like, no, you're just like stupid. You show your like it like lovingly, obviously. Like you show all your emotions on your face. Once he told me, you're like Katniss from Hunger Games. And I was like, thank you so much. He's like, no, she shows all her emotions on her face. She's so stupid. She doesn't have any tact. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> like it's fine that I show my emotions on my face. I think I'm a Gryffindor. I have a lot of nerve. I like to uh, make things happen and I don't have to ruminate on them whether I get them done or not. Um, I, I don't mind the Ravenclaw Association, um, but I don't think I value intellect over everything else. I think I value action. And there's bravery in action if we're going to like put that together. Not everything is bravery, but there's bravery in moving and getting things done. Um, I don't mind Slytherin either. Um, I am ambitious, but I don't think it's my most dominant like or my prominent value. Um, so I'm going to say predominantly Gryffindor, but I, I really don't mind if anyone like considers me anything else. I, we have all of them, right? Like it's like, yeah, a, it's like a little scale. That makes sense. What about you? I actually don't know what you are. Um, the first time I took the sorting, I was a Ravenclaw. The second time I got Gryffindor. That was more recent, but I identify as a Slytherin. I think Harry Potter and the methods of rationality mm-hmm. made a really good case for Slytherin. Um, what do you think about that? Did they did they make Slytherin seem like a better house than J.K. Rowling? Because she tried a little bit to say, like, oh, there's some good people. But Methods of Rationality really went more into that, I thought. Look, I think that she had to do it that way, right? Like, she had to make it a little plainer. Yeah. Um, I think the Harry Potter books are deep. And there's a lot of good, interesting stuff. And hopefully the show will get to the things that the movies mm. couldn't even oh, touch yeah. on, right? But so methods had the opportunity because she made it so plain to make it deeper, um, and yeah, I, I like the bit where I think it was Harry in it that says to Draco and to the others, like you know, you're just perpetuating your own stereotype, right? <laughs> like you 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 can be something else, right? What did, what did you see in it? Um, well, I think that they just spent more time with Slytherins as real people. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in Harry Potter, you really only get the Gryffindor perspective. And that's also why the Puffs yeah. play was interesting <laughs> because you really, you don't get the Puffs perspective at all. Right. So it's mostly focused on Gryffindor's good, Slytherin's bad, Ravenclaw's smart, and Hufflepuffs are just there. Yeah. That's kind of the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> to me. Yeah. And then Methods of Rationality, uh, treated the Slytherins as real people. So it mm-hmm. was interesting. Yeah, I, I, li- I like that. I liked it a lot. I like that point of view. Yeah. Um, if you could be any Harry Potter character, who would you be and why? Um, so, you know, privacy alert. Some of my passwords somewhere are, <laughs> are, are Celestina Warbeck Oof. and some numbers. Do you know who that is? I need a refresher. 
what what's the name of it? Uh, a st- warm pot of love, a strong pot. Of- She's the singer. She's the singer on the that, radio uh, that uh, Weasley's Weasley loves to okay. listen to. <laughs> I was just like, that's that obviously awesome. me. I am the singer. I'm the magical singer. In um, in that's Harry a deep po- cut of favorite <laughs> character. <laughs> I actually ha- I have I have more favorite characters that are deep cuts, but um, in the Harry Potter world, I haven't seen it. But you know how. You've been, right, to Harry Potter? In Universal? Yeah. I was there um, when they only had the first half, so I haven't returned since they've extended it. But it's really cool. So in Diagon Alley, they have some performances that they do randomly throughout the day. Uh So they have the Tale of the Three Brothers with puppets, Uh which I haven't seen. But they have Celestina Warbeck sing. Oh, wow. And I have not seen it. Um, so I would love to see that. And I'd love, maybe that's like a retirement goal of mine to be Celestina Warbeck at the parks. But um, <laughs> but who do I who, who do I identify with? Is that like who do I want to be in the books? Yeah, I for her, like that's a fun one. Um, I mean, yeah, that's a really hard question. I I love Dumbledore. Do you do you do do you like care about MBTI, the Myers Briggs stuff? Um. I think out of all the personality tests, it's yeah. the most nuanced. Okay. So <laughs> someone oh, a long time ago made a graph of the types and the corresponding Harry Potter characters. Interesting. And so I am an ENFJ. Uh, let's see if I even know what that is. Extrovert, intuitive, feeling, judging. Um, and that's Dumbledore. And uh-huh. they, the, the, the name of that type is the professor. Ah. Um, and I was just like, cool, I'm into it. Like, he's very smart and he's very thoughtful. There's, I think there's two bits to that, which I really appreciate. I appreciate, uh, own, like, having intelligence, but also having the brain power to think things through. Mm-hmm. So, so not everyone has both. Right. Like, that's, like, what I strive for. Um, I think I'm more of the thoughtful and not necessarily having the information kind of person, which is fine. Um, and also, it's cool that he's a little manipulative. <laughs> <laughs> like I kind of don't mind that. I'm, he has to orchestrate some things. You have to make some things happen. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's some like fun ones I could pick out, but the, those are the two that stand out. Those are cool answers. Okay. What is the most nerdy thing you have done for the sake of or on behalf of your Harry Potter fandom? Oh, that's uh, wow. I, I, I can list many. <laughs> in high school, at one point, I made an encyclopedia of all the terms. And I stole it from like a website, but then I built off of it. Uh-huh. And I had a doc. Like, I might still have it somewhere. Um, I did that. I once bought a shirt that I loved. I saw someone wear it at Comic-Con. It's the Louis Vuitton um, logo. Uh-huh. But it says Lord Voldemort under it. Oh. And I just nice. thought it was so clever. And then... Um, What's, mm, I guess my Harry Potter meal, uh-huh. that was pretty intense. I made, a tr- I made, I made Jeopardy. I made a whole Jeopardy board, which I was really proud of. I made, uh, Family Feud. Uh-huh. I think we did like a taboo type of game. Uh-huh. And the chapter art test. I love the chapter art test because I printed out all, all these chapter art images. That was really hard. So I printed them out and I made three sets, one for each team, the same exact ones. And then I forgot my list uh-huh. and it was Shabbat. So I couldn't like Google anything. So I said, okay, I have to pick the ones that I know. <laughs> I can't like make them like guess. Like what if I'm wrong? So I had to pick the ones that I knew and that was kind of fun for me. Wow. Um, 
Yeah, I think those are pretty big nerdy things. <laughs> oh, I once submit headcanon to the H- HP lexicon. Headcanon? Yeah, so I guess headcanon is your own idea of what is canon. Like you come up with a theory and you're like, well, this is my idea of what's real. Uh-huh. Um, but I actually think it might be real. I've, I've said this to you so many times. It's like so nerdy. So stay with me. I'm Sturg- with you. Sturgis Podmore is the name of an auror that we see in the later books. Okay. And spoiler alert, he gets caught or like hoodwinked by the darks, the, you know, mm-hmm. the, the what? The Death Eaters. <laughs> it was like the dark side. It was like wrong fandom. Um, the, the Death Eaters and Voldemort. And when they read about him in the newspaper, Ron says, isn't he that guy who looks like his head's been thatched off? Mm. Which is just a weird thing to say. Like, why are we even mentioning it? But Sir Patrick Delaney Podmore mm-hmm. is the head of the Headless Hunt. Uh-huh. And so they have to be related. Well, that could have been Ron's confusion, though, Wait, of him have... confusing the two names, meaning someone brought up Sturgis Podmore, and he, Ron said, isn't that the guy from the Headless Hunt? So you're saying maybe it's like Ron just being confused as he sometimes is? Well, I think Ron is confused as he sometimes is, but J.K. Rowling was the author and, and made Ron say that, so obviously... Yeah. She might have done that on purpose. Right. So there might be some relation there. I think they're related, and I submit it to the HP lexicon, and I think they wrote me back, or they wrote a note there. Like, some might say that they're related, but there's no, like, strong correlation. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> I, I believe it. Cool. Thanks. So, if, if you know Celestine Warbeck, you'll probably know this one. Uh-huh. Gildroy Lockhart was the five-time winner of which award? Which weekly's... Most handsome. Close. Uh, <laughs> what is it? Which Weekly's Most Charming Smile Award. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm getting trivia. <laughs> I'm like, I had to sprinkle that, some no, in. No, that's so fun. I love it. Um, what do you think of everything outside the books? The, the movies, the Fantastic Beast movies, the Cursed Child play? Okay. Um... I obviously have like deep nostalgia for the movies because that's what got me into them. And I, while the first two movies are very sweet and like childlike and close to the books, I love them. Like they, that's a great vibe to have for those first two. And then, sorry, and then then all the other um, iterations of them are a little hit or miss. Like the third movie is very artistic, but you know, it doesn't get the story Mm -hmm. across as well as I liked in the book. The fourth movie, I think, was actually really well. It was much less artistic. It was just like, chop, chop, chop. We have mm-hmm. to get through all the scenes. But you got it. You got all the points. Actually, I think they made Cedric's death even more poignant, like with his dad mm-hmm. crying. Like, that yeah. was, like I still think about that scene. It's such a good good scene. Um, but but whatever. There's always going to be things I'm sad that I that I were cut out. Um, so yeah, the, the, I, the movies I have nostalgia for, they are what they are. They're not incredible, but they were good for what they were. And maybe the the TV show will make it much better. Yeah. Fantastic. Are you excited for the TV show? I am cautiously like optimistic. Yeah. I want it to be great, and yeah. uh, hopefully they have the time and the budget to do it well. Like the things that I like so much in the books that they really did not put in the movies because it's not what the movies were geared towards was all the political stuff. Mm-hmm. One of my f- two of my favorite chapters are the other minister, the first chapter of the mm-hmm. sixth book, where we see the like normal Muggle. British Prime Minister hear from the magical Prime Minister. Yeah. So cool. Such an interesting concept. Like, of course they would talk to other leaders. Um, it was cool. 
The other favorite chapter is The Parting of the Ways in the fourth book, where Fudge is like, what are you talking about? Voldemort's not back. And McGonagall and Dumbledore have that conversation with him. And just such a good, I think, even easy for kids kind of thing to understand of the politics of it all. That wasn't in the movie? Like the Ministry of Magic's denial? It was, but it was in the fifth. It was more so in the fifth with the plastering of the newspapers. And and what's her face? Umbridge. But not in the same way. So in the fourth movie, like when Harry comes back and and tells everyone about about Voldemort, they didn't show that like there are people who still didn't believe him. I don't think they showed that. No, I don't think there was time for that. Yeah, so much of it is political towards the end, Um, towards yeah the middle and the end. So yeah, so I'm I'm hopeful for that. I'm hopeful for more depth. Harry's like real emotional struggles. Um, the Dumbledore storyline, the mm-hmm. Snape storyline. I th- I remember when, the <laughs> when the last when I finished the last book, my family was like waiting for me to react because with Shabbat I read it the whole day and they're like Hadas no 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 and I just cried and they're like what 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 was it sad and I'm like no you don't even understand it was like really about Dumbledore and Snape and it's like uh-huh. it just Harry's just like I was so emotional about it and I want like, it was so. I don't know. I it feel like they did that part all right in the in the movies as far as not Snape? Dumbledore, uh, Snape. I thought they yeah. did Snape well. Yeah. I thought they did Dumbledore like that like that sixth movie I think was the worst one. I think they did it terribly. Six is my favorite book. Okay. And they didn't show they by barely, the movie. I mean, was yeah. They barely showed the flashbacks. Yeah. I also think that they should add stuff. Like I would like to see Voldemort killing his parents. Hmm. We read about it, but I think what a scene to see. Well, they do it kind of. Don't they have, like, they show, like, just before, and then they show, like, in the, the flash of the green light in the in the movie. I don't think so. They don't show, like, the flashing green light. Like, you, you hear, like, the parents talking to Harry, and then... No, no, no. Voldemort killing his own parents. Oh! Oh, yes, correct. Like, how cool was reading about that scene? Yes. It would be so freaking cool to see it if they do it right. And also, we didn't see the Gaunts. Like, whatever. Yeah, they missed a lot. They missed a lot. Yeah, there's just... I I, I really... I think I love two and six are parallels, right? We see younger versions of Tom Riddle and his history. It would be so cool to see that. Um, So, yeah, cautiously optimistic. I actually thought this would come much later in our lives. Like, I thought, like, maybe when we were in our 50s, it would happen. It's a little <laughs> bit early, but okay. Um, Fantastic Beasts, whatever. Whatever. Right? <laughs> like, it's cool to see some of it, but it's so unnecessary. Yeah. Is Are they still making more? I heard that it was the series was canceled. I hope that's true. Okay. Um... I have very strong feelings. I'm more than whatever. I think the second Fantastic Beast movie was the worst movie I've oh, ever absolutely. seen in my entire life. Yeah, <laughs> I did like parts of the third, though. Um, yes, the third was better than the second. Um, I don't know how much of that had to do with my extremely low expectations. Yeah, uh, I also saw it for free, so that's you same know, here. I right? refused the, the. I saw the first two in theaters. I'm like, there's no way I'm going back for the third. Yeah. i am so yeah i that and then cursed child cursed child the play was such a disappointment to read yes actually felt like fan fiction a love child between the villain and his greatest crazy supporter yes no that's i can't believe 
you okayed that? Like, yeah. why did you, <laughs> how did this happen? But the stage show is excellent. Yes. It really is excellent, even with the awful story. Yeah. Yeah, completely agreed. And I think, uh, had I not read the script, like, they shouldn't have released that as a book because it mm. was really trash. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a play, it works because the, like, the really hacky parts of it, um, in terms of just like, oh, we're just going to look at the best of, basically, of Harry Potter. We're just going to go back in time and like, remember when right. this happened? Remember right. when that happened? Yeah. Which kind of is like the worst way to write anything. Yeah. But but for this, because it was never on Broadway on in a stage play, yeah. it actually kind of worked. Because it was like, you're seeing it for the first time on, in a stage. So that part of it didn't feel as as bad. And it was enjoyable you know, to watch the play more so I, than read it. <laughs> I want to research. I wanna, I'm sure people wrote articles about this. How people who don't know anything about Harry Potter enjoy the story. Because we easily get it. Oh, uh, you know, second task. Right. I'm there. Got it. Oh, that's Hagrid. Oh, that's Dumbledore. Get it. Right. Understand all the history. But And they write. You've seen in the playbill, they write like a whole summary for you. Um, but something I wanted to say about that, when they announced cursed child before we got any of it it said jk rowling is writing a new story about harry potter's struggles being a dad and i love how she writes characters so i thought yeah. this is great i love that like, that wasn't I love what seeing, this was about at all I, well yeah i love seeing a human story because yeah. have you read any of her other stuff yes uh it's quite good i thought the first one that came out like cuckoo's calling or whatever yeah that was kind of overrated in my opinion but all her cormoran strike ones that i read they're very good I haven't read all of them, but I, I, I was specifically thinking about The Casual Vacancy. Have you read that one? Oh. Remember the story about like a little town in England? They're trying to replace someone on their like city council or whatever they call it, their parish board. And they show you all these different people and all their stories. I don't remember. I, 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 I'm I confusing good. it with Cuckoo's Calling. I don't remember which one's which. Okay. The, that one's, a, there's a detective and his assistant and mysteries, right? Oh, Cor- Cuckoo's then, Calling is Cormoran Strike. Yeah. Oh, so then I was thinking of Casual, Casual vacancy. vacancy. I thought that one was a bit overrated. I enjoyed it, um, but there was a lot of hype, and I, I, I didn't mm-hmm. think it lived up to the hype. So when I heard the story about like Harry being a dad, I thought... She's so good at casual vacancy. I'm happy with a non-magical adventure yeah. human story. She's so good at it. And then it was so like trashy fantasy. Yeah. And not enough heart. And now we saw it together. We saw it when it was condensed to just one show. Right. Did you see it as two shows? No, I only saw it that one time. Okay. So I saw it as two shows. I really splurged. And I actually went on Halloween. Wow. Um, 2018. Yeah, 2018. And I fell asleep. Oh, my like, God. I watched both in one day. I fell asleep. Do you know at what part I fell asleep? When they're having the wand battle and it's fire shooting out of their wands. Uh-huh. And I kept waking up because it was like, <laughs> oh, it's, so, it's so strong. It's so bright. Um, but I was tired. It was a lot. Wow. Um, and so in the one part, I thought they did a good job. But the emotion is lost in the one part. It's just like fun, fun, fun. Magic, magic, magic. Let's right. go, go, go. Um. So yeah, I, I I don't really play the games. Like I I tried the the game on your phone. It's too much. Uh-huh. I, I like the Lego Harry Potter. But which again, one's the one on your much. phone? The Fantastic Beasts? Like no, I think it's the Legacy Hogwarts. Legacy. Oh, the new one. Is that oh maybe so that's the RP? The one before that. There's like, okay. There's like some sort of game. You're a character and you. You ever play the computer one? No, Flipendo. The one where you like do flipendo. There's like a weird spell I that doesn't think mean so. anything. You have to collect like birdie bots beans and run oh, away no. from filch. No. It was pretty good. They had a few of them. 
My brother actually bought me one of the games. My brother was always a console gamer, and I gravitated towards PC. Um, so he bought me a game on the console, but I just like couldn't always like go h- hang out to play it by him. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I didn't play those. But it seems cool, like this RPG kind of game. Yeah, it does seem really cool. And I, my friend told me, yeah, you can go anywhere. I asked her, like, can I go to the kitchens and see the house elves? And she's like, yeah, you can do that. Wow. <laughs> That's fun. That's awesome. I want to get lost in the castle. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I just don't have 50 bucks to spend right now. There's probably so many Easter eggs. Like, Yeah. It sounds like Sir a really Kadagan, cool game. Sir Kadagan, I bet we could find him. Who's that? That's the guy, the crazy knight who oh, the sir, fat lady. Oh, Cadigan. I, I, that's also, how, I also call him Cadigan, yeah, that's but in what the you movies they call him Cadogan, I think. That doesn't sound right at all. Am I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I, maybe they do. I'm saying that doesn't it sound just, right. It sounds weird. <laughs> maybe we can learn about Erg the Unclean uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and Badrod the Bearded. Uh, but yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I know you're involved in several fandoms. How does... The Harry Potter fandom or fans or the world of Harry Potter fanery <laughs> compared to the other fandoms you're involved in. Yeah, so that's interesting. I think Harry Potter has a rich source, right? Um, I hosted a Star Wars meal uh, a week or so ago. And someone asked me, like, what's your bigger fandom? And I said, look, I love Star Wars. And I know there are books. But the original source aren't films. Mm-hmm. The original source of Harry Potter is rich, deep books with tons of stuff that you can like. I, I, I can reread the books and still find new things. Still laugh at jokes that I've read before. Yeah. Um, whether I remember them or not. Um, still be moved by certain things. Um, I think it's probably my biggest fandom. Uh, my most, yeah, like prominent fandom. The one that I feel most like emotional about. Mm-hmm. Um, and can always go back to my parents every time. They see me at home and I'm reading a book. Is it Harry <laughs> Potter again? And they're kind of sad for me. Now, I, now I'm reading it in Hebrew because while I'm fluent in Hebrew, it's hard. Uh huh. It's really hard, and also so much jargon. Yep. So. Which book are you up to in Hebrew? So I own, I think, one, four, and five. I don't think I have all of them. Um. So I, I've finished four. I think over like Pesach, which was a lot. It was hard. Yeah. Um, and I actually, I try to read it out loud and my mother will correct me, which is great. Um, I'm reading five now, which is also hard because it's a big one. Yeah. Um, five is probably the hardest one. Yeah. I, I, I mean, the first one's probably super easy. Yeah. Like the fifth one, I, I started reading it in Spanish and I haven't gotten too far. It's very hard. Yeah, <laughs> I should have started with one. <laughs> it's, it's interesting because um, it's a good book for me to try because I know the story, so at least I can figure out with context clues. But I may not understand the root of the word or how to pronounce it, to right. be honest. But it's also really cool to see the choices. So you know how uh, Harry lives in Little Winging, Winging Surrey? Uh-huh. So you know how in Israel there's like Ramat HaGolan or yeah. Aliyat or Tachtit? So Little Winging is... Uh, winging Tachtit. And I just thought, <laughs> oh my gosh, of course that's how it would correlate. It's but just, how do they even spell winging? Vav, vav, yud, nun, gim. Like, how do you even spell that? Yeah. Qu- Quidditch <laughs> is fun when they write that. Quidditch. Uh, and then all the names of the people, because they don't change that. So. What's wh- Mad Eye Moody's name? Oh, En Hazam Moody. En Hazam. Um, In Spanish, it's Ojo lo- Loco. 
Yeah, it's real fun. It's real, and they call crumb croom. Uh huh. Uh, yeah, it's 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 fun. It's fun to figure out how they how they do that. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, how much does a ticket for the night bus cost? <gasps> oh my gosh, eleven sickles, but you get a toothbrush or you get hot chocolate or something. You have to pay extra for hot chocolate. How much um, is it with hot chocolate? Is it seventeen? No, no. So it is eleven, and then it, if you want hot chocolate, it's fourteen. I, li- I like how you pepper these in out of nowhere, so like shock. Like, ah. Okay, can you rank all the books from most favorite to least favorite? Yes, but there are tiers. Okay. Okay, um, top tier is book six. Okay. <laughs> Just lives there by itself. Um, second tier. Hmm, this is hard. I used to I used to have this more rigid, but does this ranking change every time you reread? Or I did- don't know, but I think it's changed over time. For example, I used to hate five. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't stand Harry in it. I'm just like, oh, shut up! You get everything <laughs> in your life for one time, you lose, and you're like crying all day. But something about that actually re- redeemed itself because, yeah, like they're showing him suffer. And it's important that he does and that he doesn't actually get everything. So they're letting, they're like, there, whatever. It's combating my, the thing that I'm annoyed by because, mm-hmm. okay, he's not actually getting everything. He's having a hard time right now. Right. Um, so it, it used to be my least favorite, but, and I think it might still be in the lowest tier, but it's redeemed itself a bit. Um, yeah, six is top. I, I love two. I love, um, I love four. So I think like two and four are next. So they're basically like tied for second? Or? Yeah, maybe tied for second are like one, two, four. Okay. Um, three, seven, then five. So I'll say it again. Tier yeah. one, book six. Tier two. Um, two and four. One, one, two, four. One, two, and four. One, two, four. Tier three, three and, three and seven. Tier four five. <laughs> wow. Why? How do you see it? I don't know. Honestly, do every time every time I reread it, it's like a <clears throat> different um, favorite. Something different resonates with you. Yeah. So I, I think like um, in in recent rereadings, it's either five or six. Are your faves? Yeah. Like because they. Um, there's so much detail in them and past uh, like flashbacks and mm-hmm. fill in the blank things that you you definitely don't get it reading it once. Oh yeah. And I mean I've read these books like way more than once, but each time you read it, like if I reread the first book, mm-hmm. probably not going to get that much more that I don't already know. Yeah. But every time I reread five and six, I feel like I'm getting a lot more information. So seven, I specifically try not to reread. I don't. Th- I don't think I've read it more than like five times, probably. Well, the other and ones. Why is that? I don't even know how because I want one to still be a little new. Mm, I know. I know the others so well because leading up to whatever book was out, I read them so many times. Um, and seven, I want to be a little fresh. Like there's still stuff that I'm like, oh yeah, that happened. Or do you see like stylistically? the difference between like so so you you rank them but i think in terms of style i feel like one is like on its own two and three then are are similar to each other in some ways and then 
four is kind of on its own, and then five and six are together, and then seven is on its own. Does that make sense? And also a, def a definitive shift between one, two, three, four, and then five, six, seven. Um, I can make my own connections for myself, like if, but I don't know what you're thinking. Like I'm thinking two and three might be the same because there's a mystery of the book that you're figuring out, right? The Chamber of Secrets. What is it? What's happening? Whatever. Third one, pr Prisoner of Azkaban. We know who he is. Is he going to come get us? What else? Um, so I can see that. Four is kind of by itself, and that also works in ring theory because it's smack dab in the uh -huh. middle. Yeah. It lives on its own. It's a big transition point. Um, one and seven can be on their own, but five, six, what do you see in a five, six to connect them? Well, specifically like five through seven is it almost a different story than one through three and, and one mm -hmm, through four. Mm -hmm. um, like the idea of Horcrux was introduced in the fifth book, right? Or was it, it the sixth? By, by name. When did it? For getting real nerdy. It was introduced in book two. The word? No. Exactly. Right. So well, well I guess that's the idea. <laughs> in When book t two came out, was it a Horcrux? Or did it only become a Horcrux? once book five was written okay we're getting real philosophical yeah now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a retroactive horcrux <laughs> okay, it's, a, it's an rh um but yeah so you were saying horcruxes were introduced so that meaning was like the meaning that like as the uh books progressed jk rowling got a more f wholesome idea of what the actual plot was so i don't think that necessarily existed before that hmm. retroactively she fit it in Interesting. I think she had it in mind. You think she had in mind the idea of Horcruxes prior to book five? Yeah. I think she had the idea of Voldemort dying but not dying and Harry having a scar and speaking parcel tongue and all that jazz. Like, why would he have these special skills? Do you think she had the idea of Thestrals prior to book five as well? And that's why he only saw them then kind of thing that she didn't and that's why he only saw them. Yeah. I feel like book yeah. five is when she introduced a lot of new things. Okay. Like paintings having full consciousness. Mm. I don't know if that existed before book five. Book five is the introduction of a lot of concepts that didn't exist in books one through four. And also book four introduced a lot of concepts that didn't exist in books one through three. That's how I'm separating them. Interesting. I have to I have to pay attention to that on my on this reread on this read <laughs> in Hebrew because because it could be or it could just be this was the time to introduce them. Right. You know, and maybe, and look, I think it's probably somewhere in between, right? That some things she always had in mind and some things she was like, Thestrals, oh man, okay, I'll just explain it away. How big of a deal is it? It's a mechanic, right? Yeah. It's, it's a cool creature. Um, it helps talk about his, his um, mourning and then also it helps them get to the ministry. Like, so I think that's kind of fine, but maybe the, I hope that the big things she had in mind and the small embellishments, she's just like, oh yeah, Hagrid mentioned that Sirius was going to borrow his motorbike or whatever. He can give him his bike. And then, oh, we know who Sirius Black is. We understand that whole timeline now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have a specific quote or scene from the books that, that you consider your favorite or that are memorable? Oh, okay. Um, one of my... Okay, so when I bought myself an iPad, the like early days of iPads 
I got it engraved on the back and I wrote right uh. because one of my favorite quotes and something that I really think about in my life is when Cedric Diggory dies and Dumbledore gives the end of your speech, he says, um, when the time comes, remember a boy who like, was, I forgot the, the exact quote, but like, remember like a good boy, like he was nicest friends, he followed the rules and he was killed. Um, so just always think about choosing between what is right and what is easy. Like, yeah. Make, make the right choice. Um, I used to have a similar quote to that. Uh, maybe I got it in a fortune cookie or something, and <laughs> I, I put it maybe on my work computer. But yeah, choice between like doing what's doing what's right and, and doing what's easy or something like that. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, so yeah, I really I really love that quote. I also I also just love the twins. Uh huh. Yeah. So many little things like when when Ron. So I'm just reading this in the fifth book when Ron becomes prefect, and Molly says that's everyone in the family, <laughs> and one of the twins is like, "What are we next door neighbors?" <laughs> <laughs> I just I I love they make me laugh so much. Um, yeah, lots of things by the twins. Love love Dumbledore. Love that quote. Yeah. Nice. That's do, you have, awesome. do you have any from it that um i love uh of course it's happening in your head harry uh, but why why should that mean that it isn't real. real yeah yeah i yeah. like that one a lot um do you think if you picked up harry potter for the first time today you would like it as much as you do like how much of it is like a nostalgia factor i think that's such a good question <clears throat> I actually, I, I'm going to answer it this way. I do think there are many fandoms where without nostalgia, it's not good. Mm-hmm. I think Star Wars, if you see as an adult, I think any of them, any of them, any trilogy, I don't think you would be wowed and and forget the forget the special effects wowing because of special effects. Just the story, I don't think you would be wowed by it. And Harry Potter... Maybe if you're like reading it to a child, mm. um, or maybe if you're already into the fantasy, you would find things to appreciate. But I do think it's something that you have to read when you are younger. I was 14, so I wasn't a child, like still young, but I wasn't a child child. Right. It still really affected me, but I don't know if I would read it now, I would still feel the same way. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely hear that. Um, I, I feel the same way and 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 part of it is um like I think it's it's not written well qualitatively like when I compare it to other mm. literature that I read and I'm like oh this is so well written I think her storytelling is amazing um and obviously as a kid you know it's it's amazing mm-hmm. um but when I when I put it up against like great works of literature, it doesn't feel like it's written that well. And and part of that is finding plot holes. And this is like a hobby of mine. Oh. And so I wanted to ask, um, do you have any plot holes or or uh, loose ends that never got tied up or something that doesn't make sense that you like picking on that that you can name offhand? <laughs> oh. You know. I don't know that I have any that I'm super passionate about. Um, I don't know, but the I, the thing in the moment that I was upset about um, it's one of my favorite like Easter egg like trivia things that I I enjoy. When the fifth book came out, Harry is 
what's the word? He's like provoking his cousin saying, oh, what'd you do tonight? Beat another 11 year old? I heard you did Mark Evans a few nights ago. Mm-hmm. And Evans is the maiden name of Harry's mother. Yeah. And if this kid is 11, then maybe he's going to Hogwarts and he's magical too. Yeah. So, so excited by that. Yeah. And she had a website. I don't know if you remember this. Her website looked like her desk. Yes. And she Pottermore, had... Pottermore, no? Or? No, no. It was her... JKRowling.com. Like oh, it was her own okay. website. And she had a little poll where she picked questions that people asked her a lot and you could vote in the poll and she would answer that one question. So I think one of the questions was, who is Mark Evans? One was about Draco. And I forgot what the third one was, but the Mark Evans one won. Uh-huh. And she wrote an answer and she said like, hi, hi everyone, I'm sorry I'm in a rush. I'm packing up the kids. We're pre- preparing to leave the country. I'm so sorry. I reused the, I reused the same name. He's no one. He's like no one. <laughs> he's no one special. I just oh my reused God. the... And I, and I'm just like, come on. None of your editors caught this. There's lots of little things like that. Um, there's lots of little little spelling mistakes. Or when um, when the books were first printed in the fourth book, the order of the people that came out of Voldemort's wand was wrong. Yeah. Um, lots of little things like Wait, that. Wait, so you're saying they changed that? They fixed it. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe they fixed it in a later print. Or they made it clear that it was a mistake. I think... Because I remember... Do you remember what it was? Was it the parents was mixed? Or was it Bertha or Frank or something? There was something wrong. Yeah. But I don't... I don't know if I noticed that it was fixed at any point. Mm. I'll look at mine at home. Because mine is the soft cover. So maybe it was in the hard cover and then they fixed it in the soft cover. Wow. That would make sense. But... um, And that seems like such an easy thing... Because the whole point is, uh, it's what's an it order, priori and cantatum. Priori and cantatum. It should be going in in reverse order. Right. I love that concept. I so I'm I'm reading I'm reading these books out loud to my mother who hate like does not like Harry Potter, but she's very captivated. Yeah, I think the mother comes last because the father says your mother's coming. But it should be your father's coming. Right. right because she was I think. killed. That's what's la- in my head. She was killed last. Right. Yeah. Right. Because she was protecting Harry, but um. I, I read these things out aloud to my mother, and she's captivated. <laughs> she's captivated by it now. Uh-huh. I wish she used to like hate it. I always used to say, "I wish I had the time to rewrite Harry Potter, where the magic was just like politics or something, because <laughs> they hate the magic part of it. Like they think it's childish, but it's not. But if I can remove the magic and just show you there's real emotions and politics, I think you would like it." So I'm reading it aloud, and I have to explain it to her. I'm like, you see, it's showing the last things that the wand did, and. <laughs> Like trying to explain these things to her, um, yeah. So, but I'm I'm sure you have like a top five. I used to read it to my grandma, and she holes. would always fall asleep. <laughs> well, they they do fall asleep. Well, but. well, something in my head is like the the fourth book, like the the plot is so fun, but it makes no sense. Why? Because they didn't need to spend an entire book to make a get Harry through all the. Um, all the Triwizard Tournament and get the make a port key that violates the rules of Hogwarts so that they can get Harry to the graveyard at the end of the book. Like, literally, Barty <laughs> Crouch Jr.'s plot makes no sense. He could have kidnapped him from the beginning. There was no reason to wait that long and make him go through the whole Triwizard Tournament. I Hoodwink, the unhoodwinkable though. cup. Like, literally, the, the pains that this guy went through <laughs> to get Harry to get to that graveyard... Was completely unnecessary. Um, I, but oh man, <laughs> oh man, do I love that reveal. 
When yes. I was reading the book, I like I wanted to jump to that chapter, and I was like, "No, you have to earn it." I I, lo- I love it. I love it. It's so good. And I, that was my introduction to David Tennant in the movie. Who's that? Have you ever seen Doctor Who? No. Have you ever seen um, um, uh, it's a Neil Gaiman show with David Tennant and Michael Sheen, where they're like the Devil and the Angel. It's on Amazon. I don't know it. I think I've heard of it. You'd though. you'd know David Tennant if you see him. He's the Doctor and Doctor Who uh-huh. for several seasons. He's probably lots of people's favorite. I he's my favorite, and he played Barty Crouch Jr. in the ah. movies, and he did that weird tongue thing that he does. Remember in the movie, he's always like, and like you could know that it's him because he keeps slurping. Interesting. Um, yeah, it was. I yeah, this is one of my favorite things about you, by the way, is that randomly out of nowhere, <laughs> we're in the middle of a meal and a different conversation, you suddenly burst out and you say like. So how come when he said that, and you don't even, like, there's no explanation until suddenly you say a term in the ministry, and you're like, oh, it's Harry Potter, and I'm, I'm, I'm on board. <laughs> they're good questions. I like, love a Harry Potter Like, how rant. come when they're lost in the woods, and Hermione has her Mary Poppins bag with <laughs> everything in it, why couldn't she just draw a picture of Dumbledore and talk to him? Oh. I, I love the portraits. I think it's such a freaking cool thing. How cool would it be if you were at your job and you had a picture of, you had access to all the people who used to have your job? Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Why, if Dumbledore was still alive in his portrait, then he, he could have still been a character that helped them. There must, there must be a rule about painting the portrait while the person is alive. It's like grab that essence. Cause like, what if someone painted it just now? I don't think it would work the same way. Right. Yeah, but who painted Dumbledore's thing? It just appeared once he died. I'm sure they had it ready. I'm uh, sure when he became headmaster, okay. everyone gets one. Interesting. Just like they have obituaries of famous people, they yeah, have the portraits that are ready, ready to go. Yeah. Okay, that's a good. That's a good theory. I think so. It's a good theory. Head cannon. Which type of dragon does each of the Harry Potter champions need to fight in the Triwizard Tournament? All right, here we go. Um, Hungarian Horntail Harry. Yes. Chinese Fireball Cedric. Uh, uh, Victor? No. Floor. Wait, hold on. Did I do this wrong? <laughs> Wait. Um. Chinese fireball Fleur? Nope. All right, Crumb. Yes. Hebridian Ridgeback or something? What's his name? Hebridian? Is uh, that one of them? Nope. No? There is, there is a Welsh green dragon and a Swedish short snout. Uh, let's say the short snout is Fleur. No. Aww. I don't know. Well, now you know. I know, I know, but I didn't know. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. F- Fleur is the Welsh green Did dragon. Did you know that? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, I took a lot of these from the questions we got wrong at, at trivia, so. Okay, I'm going to ask you a quick <laughs> trivia. Name all the house elves we know by name. Okay. Um, it's hard. Okay, well... There's there's Dobby and there's Winky. That's two down. Uh, oh, Creature. That's nice. three down. Um, That's the hardest one. How many are there total? I think four. So one more? Yeah. Um, Do you know whose it is? It's B- Bethilda Bagshot. No? Who, tell me who you're thinking of. Are you thinking that name or are you thinking of someone else? Say again. Who? Tell me more. It's somebody when they go on the mission to to find the 
the last in the Godric's Hollow. They never meet this person. They see them in a flashback. Harry sees them in a flashback. Um, in the sixth book. It is. It is. Um, I don't know. It's Hepzibah Smith's. Hepzibah, oh, Hepzibah Smith. But that, but that wasn't when they were in Godric's Hollow looking for... No. It's in the flashback that Dumbledore shows um, Harry about Hepzibah Smith shows Voldemort the... What's the Hufflepuff? The Ravenclaw diadem, I think, and the Hufflepuff cup. cup? And then who is blamed for it? Oh. The house elf. Gotcha. Do you know the name? Uh, what letter does it start with? H. It is, uh, it's one syllable. No, it's two. It's two? Then I don't know it. Hokey. Hokey. I'm pretty sure I'm right. I think you're right. But it's, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> it's like the dwarves. <laughs> you have to, you, you always forget them. I think you're correct. All right, all right. Um, so you told me one theory you submitted to the, the thing <laughs> and another one about Mark Evans. Uh, do you have any other hot Harry Potter takes or theories that, that you're into that you, uh, I don't know. I I don't like. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about Snape. I don't know how I feel about Harry naming his kid after Snape because really? he's not a good guy. Just because he did something, mm. he's not a good person. Well, yeah. Well, you're saying his his motivations weren't the most noble, but he still was a hero. Oh, I think it's the opposite. I, I think his motivations were noble, but he was a jerk about it. Well, his motivations were that he was in love with somebody. Right. It's and not he, a real motivation. Yeah, it's a little thin, but, but more that he wants to... I think the bottom line is he wants to do the right thing. He said he'd protect her. Now, he should, if he really loves her, he should protect her son. But and I'm he, saying the fact that he, he did really go out of his way to help out the good guys in the story is uh you know i think heroic because went against his you know, nature like if not for the whole being in love with her thing he would have been totally on board with voldemort i think i think this is the difference between getting the thi- thing done or getting it done well like 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 the way mitzvodar right like yeah you kept shabbat but you also like did every loophole and didn't really like enjoy whatever you know you didn't do it in the spirit of the thing he didn't do it in the spirit of the thing he did the thing but it was awful like yeah but he was also playing a character like he had to I, show his you think loyalty he was playing a character when he was being a jerk well to okay Hermione and harry you're to neville no he wasn't being a character he really hated them but yeah. also h- h- their parents really were mean to him but also um until voldemort came back there was no reason for him to play that character yeah so that's another and he thing was still, he was still that yeah 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 i think yeah i i don't i can't think of anything off the top of my head but i don't I like the memes about Harry naming his son. Have you seen these memes? Or it's no. like the picture of older Harry saying, name, name, Potter, whatever. So the options were, when Guardian Leviosa Potter, your mother <laughs> wanted me to name you Fred, but I think your name is more to the spirit of their, <laughs> to the spirit of Fred. Like, now you can make people levitate things whenever they say your name. Um, or when he's like, Harry James Potter, you were named after the most important person I know, myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's like silly. 
Uh, you meet someone who tells you they've never read Harry Potter. What's your reaction? I feel sad. But like, there's like a, there's a, there's a judgy, like, like somewhat funny, like, oh, I'm so sad for you. But also kind of sad because I just don't think you'll get to do it. Like, yeah. ma- like maybe you'll read it, but you, I don't think you'll enjoy it the same way as a kid. Right. Like, maybe you should read it to your kid. I don't know. But yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah. Because like I they missed out yeah, on, I just don't on think, something. Yeah. Like I've never seen in Star Wars, and same thing. None like with what you were, I saw the bad one, but <laughs> Which like you were saying, one? like it's like it's more of like a nostalgia yeah. factor. Like you can never, you can't go back in time and watch it. Uh, yeah. Which one's the bad one? If people tell me Episode One was the bad one. Huh. Okay. <laughs> All right. Challenge accepted. Um. But yeah. So I mean, I've 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 talked to people who are like reading Harry Potter for the first time, and I'm like, well, I'm like really excited for them. But also, like, yeah. are they actually going to like it that much? Yeah. Keep me posted. Yeah. Will do. Uh, what are the names of the two goblins Harry and crew meet near their campsite in the seventh book? Oh, we did get this wrong. One of them is Griphook, isn't it? Yes. And is it Godrock? Very close. Godrock? God... Gore. Gornock. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um... okay all right hadas we're getting towards the end of our time i want to thank you again for joining me before you leave what is one thing if you had to choose one thing that you want me and all of our listeners to know about harry potter i guess i would want people to know like don't judge it because it was originally a children's book it's so much richer and deeper it talks about talks about class it talks about all sorts of rights um, yeah, yeah, for sure. It talks about rights and racism. Um, and it's a beautiful coming-of-age story, even if it has, like, magic in it. Um, like, so if you want to give it a chance, it's such an easy, quick read. Um, and if you have a kid in your life that maybe you could read it with them, that might be, like, your best way to enter. But don't don't judge it just because it was for kids. There's so many things for kids out there, animated shows that have so much depth for adults and for children, like YA books not everything that's for kids is lowbrow or without, um, you know, thought. Now I know. 